0: Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host Tom Gerard. Uh, this week I sit down with Melbourne-based artist Melissa Krasnitsich. How are you going?
1: Good, thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks for uh taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me.
1: No worries.
0: Um so uh yeah, you know, I've been I've been following your art for a while and I really like what you do. It's uh I think it's got a real um I don't know, like a really cool vibe to it. Like it it takes me back to um sort of uh like almost like a 60s vibe yeah i I I really like what you do it's um thanks (laughs) yeah i was uh i I was wondering like like um like were you creative as a as a kid
1: pretty much as soon as i came out of mum's womb yeah i think she figured out i was slightly weird in some way (laughs) um i think i was quite an observant kid and I probably, I picked up things and arranged them in certain ways and I think mum realised that I was using my imagination from a really, really early age. And I don't know. I don't know how it actually starts when you're a kid how you actually start being creative. But maybe kindergarten when they give you um, textures to draw your family or something and you end up giving yourself the biggest head and everybody else is much smaller than you, which could be... Yeah. I don't know. I think that's where it starts. But if you're encouraged as a kid, I'm pretty sure, which is what happened with me, um, I stayed making. I just made stuff all the time. I Was never bored.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I made my own sort of toys. My I made clothing for my Barbie dolls. I had a whole like uh, pattern kit and sewing machine, and I was sewing clothes for my Barbies when I was about seven. Um, I wasn't actually playing with them. I was just dressing them. Um, I painted a lot, just pictures. I drew things that I saw in the garden. I collected bugs and drew them, and I had a logbook of the bugs that I found and um, rocks, collected rocks. I think I was just trying to figure out how to draw stuff myself, but without knowing it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good
0: way to do it though, because it's like, even from a young age, you're drawing from observation, you're not, um, you know, draw, like, cause I, th- I find like drawing from observation and drawing from your imagination, you end up like one with, uh, what, what's in front of you. And, and if you draw from your imagination, you end up with like more cartoon characters and yeah things that, that aren't, aren't real. Yep. Yeah. 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 Cause what you paint is like everything exists, I guess. Yeah, so in one way or another,
1: they do, or oh, they just exist in my head for a long time and time and time and time yeah. and time.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They exist somewhere. Anyway. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, but you know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, like patterns sort of come into it, which uh, are one thing, but also the uh, like you know your plants, animals, and, and people. They all they're all living, living yeah. things. You know.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, so you you're from an uh, like an Italian family. Um, are there any uh, artists in your family? Uh, my grandmother's cousin
1: is, um, I just found out met for maybe five years ago is Asterix in Trieste in, which is Northern Italy. Um, so there's an artist there, but I don't think there's any connection, but, um, I have a, the only other artist in my family, she's my cousin and she's got down syndrome and she lives in Milan. And she spends her days doing the most incredible drawings in texture, and she paints and the whole house is covered in her paintings and she doesn't, she can't leave the house, but she's so talented. So that's, she's actually done more paintings than I ever have. Um, so she's more of an artist than I am, I reckon. And she's, um, her name's Patricia and she's 36 years old, I think now. Um, Yes, yeah, so that's the only other artist in my family, actually. We have a lot of photographers. Um, my nonna was a tailor. My, both of my nornos were builders and craftsmen. And um, My mum's pretty crafty, and she's a good cook, and she taught me. She, we had actually... I think mum's way of making me make friends as a kid was having craft craft lessons at, at home after school, inviting girls that I actually probably wouldn't talk to at school, but mum invited them over. We did some crafts together and, um, yeah, I guess that really went off the subject, but yeah, yeah nah. Italian background. <laughs> but,
0: what, what does your cousin's paintings look like, like all over the house?
1: Oh, they're incredible. They yeah. are of churches. They're all psychedelic colors and they're of the street or cause she actually doesn't get out of the house. So she's painting what she doesn't get to see much of or she's drawing it. Um, I think she has a lot of anxiety before she leaves the house or anything, so I think she loves drawing landscapes and things like that. Maybe, maybe she misses it or maybe she doesn't get to see it much or, and she's in the most beautiful part of Italy as well, in the mountains, and it's, it would be so hard to not be able to get out there, but, um, yeah, they're really bright and every inch of the paper is covered in textile or paint, like none of it's actually missed, and she... Insists on putting them on the wall, and the parents do the best job in supporting her. And just there's no, nowhere you can go without a painting, even above the stove. There's paintings. Jeez. Yeah, it's great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, did you ever? Did you go to art school or anything, or you self taught, or like how did you learn your craft?
1: I think. It started when my teachers realized that I was probably. Apart from everything else, I was just more excited to go to art class in primary school. And so I had one teacher that used to sneak me little how-to books after school into my school bag. And it was like origami books or how to draw books. And then, um, that, so that started with me being self-taught because I read the books and taught myself how to do certain things. And then year 12 was really crazy. I only did art in year seven. And then I had subject clashes all the way through to year 12, so I didn't do art until year 12. Um, and then I did art, music and studio arts, which is photography, and I got the lowest end of score, which is fine. Um, and then I went to TAFE at Frankston and I did visual arts and majored in sculpture and painting and printmaking. And then that was two years and then I went to RMIT and did Uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts in painting and then I thought I wanted to be a high school teacher and did my dip-ed and completed it. I'm kind of qualified but I was 23 when I finished that and I don't think I was anywhere near ready to teach kids or mentally deal with teenagers in general. The generation now is terrifying to me so that'll never happen. and then I worked in like a retail shop and realized that I hadn't traveled, I have not had any shows and I decided to focus on painting and just working so I could do art shows and paint. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> did you like, like but when, when you were learning and everything, did you have any like uh, mentors or anything like that? Or were you, were you have anyone sort of, guide you and show you the way and like um, you know show you how techniques and like
1: yeah I think TAFE was the most important time of my life in terms of mentoring and getting taught all different types of techniques and tricks and things because at uni you don't really get that you get becoming an artist and you have to learn how to you know make your own style and things. So it's no, there's no focus on technique there. Um, so, well, what I thought anyway, but, um, I actually was trained as an oil painter and we did, um, life drawing once a week. We went out to gardens and did observational drawing. I did bronze casting. We had art camps out in the, in the country and we spent a week, um, using oils and painting the landscapes and then we'd have a mini exhibition every night and a competition and I had teachers notice that I had a knack for painting and they were the ones that gave me little opportunities or putting my artwork in some small local shows. And um, I don't think I had much confidence back then, but when I did a painting, that's when I'd get a little bit of a kick out of people's reaction to it and that sort of, yeah, if I didn't do TAFE, I don't. I think I was meant to, but if I didn't, I don't know how else I would have mm. kicked off from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I went. I went to TAFE as well for, but for design, I did um graphic arts there, and um I did TAFE, and then I did well. I end up doing the last year of a degree as well, tapped onto it. But during TAFE, it's like they get you um industry ready. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's just like it's all practical stuff it's like get your, get your hands dirty and learning the techniques and um,
1: yeah. being
0: guided by people who have been there before and I found that when I went to uni it was all um, you know give me a thousand words on why you use the color blue sort yep. of thing and you have to sort of <laughs> to learn to talk about the other stuff which I understand is important as well but, um, but I think it's, it's really important to learn the craft uh, because I, I found that people um that just did the uni course got to the end and they could explain why they use the color blue but then they wouldn't use it very well because I had no practice in actually doing it
1: yeah it was kind of funny yeah. my the painting technician at RMIT kept all of my paint charts that I created um because they were so good and he's like how did you get how did you know to do this and I'm like well I've had the training from an amazing um, oil painting teacher called John Hatfield, I will drop his name because he is amazing, from Frankston. <laughs> um, he taught me so much and I thank him all the time. Um, and, yeah, I think TAFE also prepares you for... that. You, you set your, up your own shows, you make your own canvases, you, everything's really hands-on. And my friends in my class were, I think, over 60, they're amazing. I learned so much from them as well. Um, anyone can do that, that course. And majority of, like maybe half of them, not majority, but half of them aren't really doing so good in TAFE, but they're still there because it's it gives them some way to be creative as well. But it's also a good way to start if you want to get into uni, but I would just recommend going to TAFE. I don't know. Oh,
0: if- I, think, I think TAFE gets you ready for the industry. You yeah. can go out and get a job. And then if you really want the piece of paper. Like, like you know, some people say oh, I've got a degree and I've never had to use it. But personally, I've had to use my degree a fair few times. Yeah. You know, like, and it's weird. It's been for things like applying for visas. Sorry about that. We're back. A minor catastrophe here at the uh, bench talk studio. <laughs> minor. <laughs> minor. <laughs> yeah, everything's outable. Uh, but as I was saying, I've just had to use my um, uh, degree for uh, to get visas to get in countries and things like that. But uh, anyway, um, we'll move on. Like, I really love the uh, the elements you bring into your paintings, like um, like lots of patterns and like mixed with portraits and animals and stuff like that. Like, where where do you uh, draw your inspiration from?
1: It's a difficult question, but I'll try and answer it the best way I can. Um, I think inspiration is, I don't know, I have a lot of books at home and I have a lot of things that I collect and it, it could be something that I've walked into an antique store and I was like, wow, that's so special, nobody's bought it, it must be for me, you know. It could just be something really silly that like, I don't know, a terracotta rabbit or something. I don't know. but. Um, I get inspiration um, from just being really observant of people and also, um, I love music. Sometimes you can get ideas from listening to music while you're painting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I sort of get images in my head and then I know what I want to paint. It's kind of, but I guess the faces and animals and patterns, um, are all really to do with the sort of old imagery I look at, like old, old Soviet photography or ephemera or um, old packaging. I'm actually looking at a lot of old matchbox art at the moment. Um, yeah, inspiration comes from all over the place. It's kind of messy in my head, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. There when I need it.
0: Yeah, and like also with your color palette, like you you tend to use a um i don't know how to describe like maybe a, a is it it's not muted because it's still got like, got some really strong colors in there but yeah. but like like the color palette you use like looks like something could have been painted 40 or 50 years ago but it's actually painted by now, you yeah. Know? Yeah. But, um, like now yeah yeah Like um is that uh intentional or, or do you just use colors that you like
1: i think I'm subconsciously doing it I'm always using warm colors I'm really not attracted to cold colors and when I was learning to be learning to oil paint um we were taught how to make cold colors and warm colors by adding a bit of yellow to certain things adding a bit of red and I think I paint what I'm attracted to as well and I'm attracted to lots of bright colors, but also combinations of colors. But I never really use purple, I realized. I went to use it and I was like, nah, maybe not. Um, And I never really use gray or black. I make my own black because I want it to be a warmer black. And that's a bit of a rule with oil painting. You always make your own black. Um, Yeah, colors, and also I'm really inspired by colors in Mexican art as well or You know, stuff like that. You can get colour combinations in your head pretty quick by looking at that kind of stuff. It's really easy. and Really bright coloured inspiration comes from that too. Yeah. Mm.
0: So what mediums do you work with?
1: Uh, I use acrylic. Yeah. Funnily enough, after all this oil paint talk, um, my teachers at RMIT made me put my oil paints away. They felt that there was nowhere else I could go with oil painting. And... Um, I used, started to use gouache and acrylic more and it they were kind of right I actually was able to build layers and make really flat colors with acrylic and gouache and um, that helped me sort of paint faster as well because the paint dries so quickly and now I actually have a really loose sort of style because I'm painting as if I'm using oil paint but I'm also painting faster because I'm worried the paint's going to dry and somehow I've come up with this technique of sort of like a dry sort of style of painting, but quite flat as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So do you, uh, so, so you approach using acrylic, but you use it like you're using oil? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way of, um, of using new materials. Cause yeah. I, like no one's ever taught me how to use certain material, like materials before, apart from like a friend of mine, Jackson taught me how to use watercolors. But he when he paints with watercolor he paints in photorealism. And I I like am really messy with him and just lay down colour more or less. Yeah. But um but I think it's it's really nice to uh you know, teach yourself how to use use something and uh and use it in a completely different way to, that's traditionally useful. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like if you asked me to use ink, I think I'd be quite useless <clears throat> because I've never really used ink in terms of blending and shading before but I have had a couple of tattooists ask me to teach them how to use acrylic paint because they want to move away from inks and that I actually have tutored a couple of tattooists with that before which has been kind of cool um, yeah there's so much you can do with it you can paint objects with acrylic you can paint wood with acrylic Um, I. I don't know. I think I'm sort of well trained with paint as well because my dad's an industrial chemist and makes paint and he used to tell me about what chemical does what when you put it on this surface and that surface and I've kind of figured that out for myself too and yeah, it's a very versatile medium. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go paint. Go paint. <laughs> Um, yeah. So like, when you're, uh, when you're approaching a new painting or something, like what's, what's your process? Like, do you have a formula you stick to or do you just sort of approach each painting individually?
1: Um, I think, I don't know how most people approach their painting, but I go through a bit of an anxiety process before I do any painting. Um, I think it's not in a bad way. Maybe it's just, I don't really use a sketchbook. Um, I actually go straight straight from my head to canvas or wood or whatever um so I guess the process would be the only well I guess the only thing I would do in a sketchbook is draw a few shapes write some annotations next to it and then I feel ready and then I pick out the canvas and I prime it and then I'm drawing on that straight away um and I can make changes on the canvas but I think the painting part is what I want to think about the most so um but I think about what paintings I want to do before I actually do them. Even if I'm just catching a tram to work or something, I'm always thinking about what could go where. Or um, so I've actually been trying to do collages as well to give my my brain a bit of a rest and maybe come up with some spontaneous uh, compositions instead of thinking too much of what what I could do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Still learning.
0: <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah, like I was at the art shop the other day, and the the guy behind the counter said to me, Oh, I was buying heaps of stuff, so I was like, you know, spending a fair bit. And he said, Oh, so uh, are you a student? I said, I'm a student of life. And he goes, Good answer, and gave me a student discount. I'm going
1: to use that next time. (laughs) Student of life.
0: Yeah, because we're always Uh, learning forever, you know. I think you can ask a 100 year old person, and they'll say, Yeah, you don't know it all, do you? Yeah, well,
1: I think every time they say oh, are you a student I would like to say yes because that would mean a 20 percent discount hmm. but then I'm like I'm not a student I'm sorry I can't lie to you and I also don't want to be a student anymore so yeah I will pay full price it's okay
0: <laughs> you student of life see where it gets you yeah yeah I know I just pulled it from nowhere and, yeah. it, and it worked for me <laughs> but um but so do you work from uh like home or do you have a studio or- um,
1: it took me, I think it took me three different studio locations to finally realise I work best at home. So I am now working from home and it's great. I have my record player next to me. Um, it's next to my bedroom as well, which is fine. Some people think that you don't get work done because you could easily just relax instead. But I think, I don't know, it works for me anyway, but, um. It's nice just to be in your own space and have your own quiet time and, yeah, I guess. And my I have rabbits and they sit on my desk while I paint sometimes. Yeah. Like Beatrix Potter and I like to make fun of that sometimes too.
0: You don't get distracted in um, updating their Instagram for them?
1: Um, I did create an Instagram <laughs> for them and if you see the last post, it was probably eight months ago. <laughs>
0: It's, it's I should good. really
1: update that. The skateboard one is the best one. Fozzie and Fenris, that is. If you can yeah. check it out. But um, yeah, just being at home, something about being at home is amazing. I mean, sometimes when I visit my parents in Mount Martha, I'll bring some paint down with me and I'll smash a painting out in a few hours in the kitchen table because that's where I'm most comfortable. Um, there's something about a homely, comfortable feeling that makes you comfortable to do work.
0: Yeah. 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 I've done a lot of work from home over the years. Yeah. Uh, I've got a studio now, so it's it's works for me. But my you know, my wife works from home as well. So if we're home together, it's just it's, it doesn't work for either of us. Yeah. You know? So that yeah. um, when I'm if I'm home alone, I can I can plow through it. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you, I guess you got your your spot to work yeah. from and your music and.
1: I'm just easily. Like I think I get easily distracted by people or noise or things like that. Mm. So. I figured it would just be best to not bother anyone about that and just have my own space and, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've always found working from home, it's like sometimes it'll be like you go to the kitchen and get a glass of water and go, oh, look at all the dishes. I'll just do the dishes. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's a nice day. Maybe I'll put a load of washing on. And then before you know it, you've wasted hours and you, you, you haven't even got the paints out.
1: I'm definitely guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes have to cook myself a nice meal or do some washing. I have to get all these things out of the way because it's like cluttering your mind before you do something else. Um, I guess that's something that kind of sucks about working from home. But in the end, I'm saving money from a studio too. Mm. Um
0: yeah yeah i just need the um it's funny because all the guys i've got I share a studio with 16 artists and um <laughs> i wish that they were distracted by maybe doing the dishes or, or cleaning the bathroom or something
1: <laughs> yeah yeah They're probably
0: listening to this. sorry guys but you know what i mean <laughs> but um but anyway um well you're uh, you're like also part of the the ruka, ruka artist network program yeah. Um, like, they've got a crazy lineup of, of artists. Like they've got, like, Barry McGee and Steve Powers and Ed Templeton and Retina.
1: Yeah, I don't know like why that. I'm in there, but that's, hey, that's yeah. nice.
0: <laughs> Man, like, what a, what an honour, you know? Like yeah. Like, how, how, did, how did that all come about?
1: Um, oh, I only ever heard of Ruka because um, I saw Beautiful Losers many, many years ago, and... Actually that's a film that my mentors at RMIT put me lock, pretty much locked me in the room and made me watch that film because I had I was just feeling really stuck and I saw the connection maybe I think with Barry McGee and Ruka because I saw his paintings on some clothing and this is like 10 15 years ago or something um so that was how I knew about Ruka and I worked in a denim store on Chapel Street for 5 years I think and i got to know the reps of brands coming in and out and there was two guys ryan and lincoln Um, they i think ryan repped for ruka but he wasn't bringing ruka into the store but he knew that i was a painter because i painted the windows for the shop i did a mural once a month in the shop um, all I could talk about was painting anyway if someone came into the shop to talk to me because I think I was getting quite sick of retail and would like to channel the subject into something more interesting. Um, and Ryan saw my work and he's like, you know what, I think I'm going to tell Roker about you and send me some pictures and I'll send them an email. And I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. I guess I don't know I I didn't know what I was getting into at all and I sent them I think 10 or 15 paintings in the email and I got asked to do a few paintings to do a t-shirt and I thought it was a one-off thing but um I then got to know uh one of the Ruka guys from Brisbane Steve Fontes he's I guess the main the main one that I talked to um he called me up and he's like you know this is a permanent thing this isn't just we're not just asking you to do a shirt this is actually something that will be ongoing if you if that's something you want to do for quite a long time and I think nearly five or six years later I'm still making work for Ruka and I've been part of the artist network program as a special edition artist but now I'm officially um part of like I guess the list that you started saying which I can't believe um yeah and I'm um, I've had a few clothing ranges through them and everything's been something that I've come up with they've never really told me what colors to do or well, I guess they can if they need to but it's I'm always happy with what I'm doing it's not it doesn't feel like a design or illustration job yeah or, or a Commission job that I don't really want to do. It's just basically purely my artwork that they want.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I've I've seen the way that they work with artists, and I think it's it's really cool. Like you can tell the artist has a lot of input. It's not like um, you just send us a design and we'll just you know lay, yeah. it, lay it over everything. It's like it's actually everything's considered.
1: Yeah, and it's also nice that they've considered the fact that I actually kind of don't really know how to use a computer properly and. I paint the images and get them scanned, at high res, and that's it. I don't actually say everything's. You know, there's a lot of work put into the paintings and everything, and it's nice that that is con- used used be put on a yardage or a print or, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And our names on the shirt, and there's a little like the tag has a bio about the artist and. You know when people come to see the new ranges through Ruka, our everything about us is explained because it's so important as to where it all comes from and yeah
0: yeah. So it's, it's not great. like they're using a, a, a the cool power of an artist to promote their brand. They're actually promoting the artist. Yeah. And saying look, we're collaborating here. We're not we're not just you you know. Here's you know give us some designs. Give us some money now. Yeah. Now go find your next job. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really unique. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, pretty lucky.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good on you. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. Um, like, what? Like, I was, I uh, was talking to someone about it the other day, and like, I've, I've noticed that predominantly on, on this podcast, like, I've interviewed males, and even like looking at that Ruka list, like, it's mostly, mostly males, and there's like, you know, females in there as well. Yeah. But even like just looking around and just looking at galleries and, and past shows and all that, there's like, like there's a lot of male domination within the art world, just just in numbers. Like not saying that males are better than females or anything like that, but mm. but they just like when you look at the numbers, there seems to be, um, you know, like 20, 20 males and and five females and things like that. Like yeah. it's not fifty fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you felt that being a female artist is? Um, been harder to, to get your foot in the door in places?
1: Um, I don't even I don't know because actually I'm finding it harder as a female artist to get my foot in the door with other female artists mm. which is quite funny because yeah it's hard to get to know other girls that paint or get to know other girls that are putting on shows I don't know what it is it's we intimidate each other or something or um, but I've, already, I've grown up with m- having more guy friends than girlfriends and I think that, I, I guess maybe that's why I haven't had much trouble in the, the art scene in terms of getting into a show or being a part of something because it's, I don't know, I'm a da- I am don't know, <laughs> it's, just, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like that's my, I guess that's my way of, of how I've gotten into it without really having that feeling of, being left out or but I don't think it affects me too much but I do think if um you know I do look at a lot of like lists and things like that in group shows and you'll probably see one or two female artists in that whole sort of lineup and that's yeah that probably affects me in a little way like it's disappointing to see that why can't it be a bit more even or I think that's always going to be something that people will bring up. and But it can be fixed. It can like I actually um, ran an all-women's group show last year called Springtime and I guess it was sort of my reaction to the female art scene in my own way where I wanted to create a female art community where everybody felt welcome and not in- excluded and things like that and um so it was a mixture of female artists that have never been in a show before amongst really established artists and it also gave um the Roka Gallery something new as well there was a lot of men's shows happening and I noticed that too but it, it I guess it just happens I don't think it gets thought about too much sometimes but um yeah yeah
0: yeah, because there is it's uh, like, a funny thing. <laughs> it, is, it is a funny thing because I've actually I've a- actually asked a lot of female artists to be on this exhibit, I mean, on this um podcast. Sorry, and then um they've either uh, haven't got back to me or said no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, but in saying that, there's I, I speak to my wife about it a lot because she's going out on her own and and starting her own business and everything and and she's um networking with a lot of uh, females who are doing a similar thing. Yeah. And um, it's like you know the it's like we've entered the age of aquarius and all that and they say that it's all about the um uprise of creativity and femininity and yeah. and you know like um equality with women and men and and all that and um i know if you look around i see that it is starting to happen
1: it is yeah you know, it's it's awesome um, like i think even i guess with i don't know Maybe at the NGV, some like I I do work at the NGV, so I have to be really careful, um, what I say. But there was uh, there's a, there's people that complain that there's not enough exhibitions there that are female, like major blockbuster exhibitions, and that was asked in an interview with me for Springtime, and I just. I just sort of said, we don't really need to think about that stuff to define what the scene is like at the moment, because there's so many awesome things happening in the female art scene. and and it's nice because it's guys coming to the show too. It's like mm. it's half and half pretty much. And at the springtime show it was we had so much male support, and I think it's a nice refreshing reminder that we don't have to focus on the bigger picture sometimes. we can push our own thing a bit more. Um, But, yeah, I I try not to let it affect me too much. I think when I start thinking about that stuff, I get a bit of a headache anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Just keep going myself and (laughs) make friends as I go if they're they're nice to me, I guess.
0: Yeah, and do do the work and let the work speak for itself.
1: Exactly. That's what it's all about in the end. I mean, um, I don't try and make friends in the art scene or anything like that it's sort of I meet people along the way and yeah it's how it should be anyway without the internet
0: (laughs) (laughs) face to face face to
1: face yeah if that can be avoided but you know
0: the old-fashioned way yeah yeah so um are there any female artists out there that you think um deserve a bit more shine like in the spotlight
1: probably there's so many there's so many like going to drop Instagram here but there's so many on Instagram that I see and you know they're just starting off or it looks like I'm just starting off I don't have that many followers like I don't I, I think um I don't know I think everyone finds their own way into the scene in some way or another whatever defined scene but um I think that yeah I can't really name anyone though I don't really I don't know who I would say. Cause, um, yeah. Everyone I know seems to be going on the right track and doing well and doing their own thing. and mm. I guess you figure it out for yourself too.
0: Yeah, because yeah. there was a, a, a few artists you had in the um, in the springtime show that had never exhibited before, but then when you put their art on the wall against a lot of people who were quite far into their career, they still held their own. and Oh, totally. Great. Yeah.
1: Um, one that constantly stands out to me is Madeline Sim. Um, she's still at VCA and just her thought process behind her paintings is just genius and for someone that young and you can just tell that she's the further she goes the more like her work just like keeps growing and growing so quickly um and yeah I think uh springtime was really fun to have her there as well because she was so excited and it was nice to have that fresh enthusiasm too a nice reminder when you when yeah. you get a bit older and you get a bit i don't know yeah uh, uh, another
0: like. show just another show yeah just yeah. another show exactly
1: <laughs> um and so yeah i think someone like maddie it's quite it's inspiring well the whole show was to inspire other girls and guys to make work in You know, if you want to do a show, maybe make a zine or something or just do something. Not all the work in there was um, painting. It was all like sculpture and woodwork and yeah, it's pretty hands-on stuff, which is yeah. pretty inspiring. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so you've got a, uh, an exhibition coming up at um, Ruka Gallery in San Francisco? Yep. Yeah. That's, pre- that's pretty <laughs> exciting.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Is this your first time uh, exhibiting outside of Australia?
1: Uh, I've been in a few shows overseas, um, but just group shows. I guess my presence wasn't there either. You kind of just send the painting there and it's in a show and you get it back if it doesn't sell and it doesn't really feel like you've done much. But um, yeah, this is my first solo show. Uh, it's kind of terrifying, but really exciting at the same time. Um, it's probably the first time that I've taken a long time to decide on what I'm going to do. Um, but my friends have made such a good point. You can just pretend it's in Melbourne, you know, but don't, don't think too much into it. Um, but I tried and I'm like, oh, but it's in San Francisco. Like, it's, it's huge. <laughs> um, heaps of people are going to see it that I don't even know. And that's great. Um, it's up for a month, which is fantastic. Um yeah. I'm really excited actually. I've never been to San Fran, so
0: Yeah, oh uh, it's cool. It's like um every time I've been there I felt like it's like Melbourne, you know. Yeah. So yeah. a bit foggier.
1: Bit foggier. And hillier. Sweet.
0: Yeah. But oh, it's a good city, I love sweet it. Sweet
1: cars when <laughs> like, I get back. Yeah. <laughs> Walking up and down the hill. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you is, you said it's your first solo show, is
1: it? Uh first solo show overseas. Overseas. I've yeah. had five or six solo shows in Melbourne over the years Um, my first solo show was in 2010 I think I don't remember Um, it was at Brunswick Street Gallery and I rented a room out and had a show and got a real kick out of that did another one and yeah I don't know. I kind of thought, well, it's time to do something somewhere else. <laughs> Put more pressure on myself more than ever. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's funny though, because you it's like a big thing doing a solo show, and then when you you're doing it, you you're three quarters of the way through it, going, oh, I'm going insane or something like that. And then, yeah. And then you get there, and it's like, Phew, I made it. It's yeah. um, it's like that classic. Uh, they say that every creative process is um shaped like the the letter U, you know, oh, yeah. like you start at the top, and you're like, yes, I've got this thing coming up,
1: yeah. and then you
0: you take off and you start going, oh gee, it's not <laughs> this I think is I'm this at is the is bottom hard, of the U shed harder right than I thought, you know, that you're working on your paintings and they're like, oh, it's just not looking the way I wanted it to and all that.
1: Yeah, and then
0: and then you start creeping up the other side, going, oh, I'm nearly there. Actually, now you know it's all shaping up, and by the time you get to the uh, top of the U, you're like hey that was a big success and it worked out really well yeah and then you take off to the next U.
1: <laughs> yeah i'm definitely almost at the 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 curvy part of the U, but that's the, all right the,
0: the, the why did i bother what have i got myself in for yeah i'm gonna have to contact everyone and call it off <laughs>
1: uh, yeah well yeah i think i nearly did that but that was a very silly thought and i thought maybe i should announce announce it announce it to- Therefore, I have to do it. So I posted it on Instagram, I think, a month or two months after I found out that it was happening. And I was like, oh, that means I have to do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I've i learnt, though, I've learnt from past shows, um, you know, not to rush into a painting. There's so many paintings I've destroyed. Um, I've painted over or I've put away for a while and nearly forgotten about. Um, I think artists go through emotional turmoil when it comes to agreeing that that painting is good enough to go on a wall, agreeing with yourself. Um, it's a confidence thing as well. Um, but that all comes from just experience and having more shows and hearing feedback. And this one isn't as hard as it, I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, so you also, uh, uh, run the Ruka gallery in Melbourne. Like manage it um like as being in the gallery space and like seeing so many shows and seeing like behind the scenes a lot does that influence how you go about doing your own shows
1: definitely uh i'm so organized um i feel like i'm organized anyway maybe when i curated my own show springtime i i learned from that how much more organized i should have been um but that's that's when you do things for the first time you you approach so many teething problems and stuff but um I don't know I've just learned so much about maybe the artist's attitude towards the show um and how you know how you feel about the work you've done with the show I've sort of observed that quite a lot with everyone that's coming here it's all been very positive but um yeah I think I think the more involved the artist is in the exhibition, the better. Um, even when it comes to hanging and everything, I think having, doing that, either doing it yourself or being here when other me or Matt, um, the one of the curators of the Ruka Gallery, uh, he sometimes comes down to hang a show and it's that's the fun part of setting up an exhibition. And when the artist is there, it's even better. Sometimes making work just before the show is pretty cool. Some of the graffiti artists from Ruka have done that. They've come in and they've decided, oh, maybe I'll just paint that wall before two hours before the opening. It's probably not a good idea, but because they're so quick, they can. But, um, yeah, I've sort of learnt to maybe relax a bit more too in terms of setting up or preparing yourself.
0: Mm. I think it's really important for the artist to be there hanging the show Yeah. because the way the room looks is all part as part of the exhibition i think i think it's like the the gallery is yeah, sorry like there's lots of pieces within the gallery they're individual pieces but the way you hang it and pull it all together is like one big piece exactly so like to provoke the emotion when you walk in the room and you go oh wow you know um and try and tell a story walking around the room or to break it up into different ways and i think it's really important for the artist to be there. To, yeah. um, to say, no, the, these paintings ho- hang together and it's important yeah. that they hang together.
1: It's a, such a personal thing having a mm. your show. You're basically uh, exposing your brains to everyone on the wall. That's how I describe it. Yeah. You really, you feel really exposed. Yeah. And it is nice to have a little bit of control as where your pieces go. But also, if you haven't had experience in hanging, it is nice to hear someone else's opinion on how to hang a piece, but... Yeah, it's so important to be involved with that stuff. Promoting it too, self-promotion with shows. Um, I've learned a lot about that through this through this space in negative and positive ways. Um, it's, you know, I think also just being more face-to-face and introducing yourself to either galleries or somewhere you want to put your flyer in, like a record store or something, you always introduce yourself and put yourself out there yourself and not always rely on the internet yeah (laughs) although internet is a magical thing in terms of promotion but I still love to just be more hands-on with stuff and that's really helped too actually yeah yeah
0: totally yeah it's um it's an interesting thing like the like the lead up to an exhibition of how much like other other than the paintings how much you need to actually do yeah yeah like I'm yeah, you know, my wife Claire taught. She's worked in um in corporate business a lot, and she taught me um this thing called a critical path. It's a chart that they do in uh, in the corporate world, and um so it's like it's it's a pretty much an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. But on the the left hand column, it's all the tasks that you have to do,
1: for, oh, wow. in on
0: the lead up to an exhibition, and then across the top is all the weeks. So week one, week two, or week end, you know, this and that. And, um, and you you draw, like, you highlight all the boxes and where each task falls.
1: I think and, I'm doing that. At the yeah, <laughs>
0: and I've, i had, had it on my um, studio wall and a lot of my friends were like, oh, so what, what's, what's this all about? And it's like, yeah. oh, look, we're on, on week five and I've run my finger down. It's like, I, I know I only have to worry about this, this and this. Yeah. And all those other things, I don't even have to think about.
1: They can wait. They
0: can wait because and, and yeah. instead of like... Trying to go to bed every night with a, um with two months of tasks in your head is, is impossible, you know.
1: Oh, well, that means no sleep. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I don't sleep because I'm thinking of a painting I really want to do, but I'm probably too tired to do it. Um, But at the moment, it's maybe it's super nerdy, I don't know, but I've written exactly the amount of days I have left before the work will have to be posted. It's, like, written in my diary. And it's kind of nice to know because... Uh, well, it's putting pressure on myself, but it's also nice to know that how long I've got. But also, there are little boxes every now and then that I can tick. But it's best not to, I don't know, over plan or put that much pressure on yourself that you're actually so crippled you can't do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so, good to be planned. <laughs>
0: Yeah, do you, have, do you have any plans for the show yet? Have you got it like worked out what you're going to do?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm focusing on just the painting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, once I get that done, I will think about sculptures and I was going to do a couple of quilts. Um, yeah, there's all these things I want to do, but in the end I have to be realistic if what flows well together. And um, yeah, things always work out. I always get the work done. But, um, yeah, can't go too extreme, I guess. I'll yeah. i too. But yeah. I think I'll do a mural there once I'm there as well. On the wall or in the window, whatever. Um, that'll be part of it too.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah.
0: So have you, have you started any of your paintings? Yeah?
1: Yes. Yeah? <laughs> I can say that with confidence now. <laughs> I have started. Um, yeah, I have, um... They, I don't know. I don't really plan too much on what exactly will be on each painting. I've sort of got learned, like figuring that out as I go, I'm figuring that that's actually less stressful than planning each piece. Um, but I'm, I kind of trust that I will come up with ideas along the way anyway. So I definitely have started, which is awesome. It took a while, um, yeah. Is it I mean that's the exciting part before I get to the curvy bit in the U. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's uh, I think um it'll evolve over time as well.
1: Yeah. That's that's the best part about being an artist or preparing for a show. Mm. Things happen, ideas come out and yeah. That's that's the journey of preparing for a show, I guess. It is. Yeah.
0: So, apart from this um, big exhibition you've got in San Francisco, um, do you have any other like um, plans or projects for 2017?
1: Ooh, good question. Probably haven't even thought that far yet. Um, I did illustrate a cookbook last year for Honey Grant, and um, that made me want to do more. And I think... <laughs> I would love to do a kids book one day. Um, I I love kids books, especially old ones, and I am a big sort of Peanuts fan, I'm sure everybody knows about that because I say it a lot on the internet, but um, I would love to have something like that to do as well, apart from my art practice, um, I really enjoy... enjoyed the illustrations for the cookbook so um I think there were talks of maybe possibly doing a kid's book in the future maybe this year um other than that I don't know I think this whole trip as well is a bit of inspiration for me and for me to just sort of reset a little bit on what I want to do and yeah New York is somewhere I'm going as well and it's a pretty inspiring place um yeah who knows yeah yeah it's kind of fun not knowing so i'm sure there will be some shows along the way or um i'm definitely doing another springtime this year um with a whole new bill of artists which will be really fun um yeah
0: cool so um so if people want to check out your art online like where's the best place for people to go
1: uh probably just Mel melgrisa on instagram yeah me l-g-r-i-s-a <laughs> um because yeah i need a new website that's unfortunately that's something i should really do i did have one but i didn't realize that those things expire that's how informed i am about the internet um yeah so find me out from there um People can email me as well. I think people do that quite a lot now just to ask me questions about my work. And um, there's only so much you can say each post on Instagram about what you do. And usually I just joke about something I'm listening to at that point or whatever. Um, I'm not very uh, informative with my posts. Um, Yeah.
0: Hell. I don't
1: know. Come to a show. That would be a good way to find out to an art show it's
0: best art's best seen in person isn't it it sure is yeah yeah it doesn't matter what size it is
1: yeah usually people um they if they come to an exhibition they're like oh that painting on instagram i thought that was way bigger than what what it was you know so much so so much smaller like well that's because you only get a square on instagram to use take a photo
0: yeah, it hey, could how be. How are you to know? It could be a, It could be a size of a four-story building. Exactly. But yeah. it's still the same size on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, unless yeah. you put a car in front of it.
1: People should or, do that more. Or a 20-cent piece. Compar- size comparison. <laughs> this is actually... Well, actually, I have been typing the size of the piece in the post yeah. so people have an idea. Um and don't get dis- too disappointed. I don't know. I don't yeah. really care actually. Yeah, But the, like think? even when you type the measurements,
0: like people can't really don't really have a you know, like a, 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 a tape measure in their head that really you know, you see the numbers and it's like, oh yeah. And it's yeah. like you get a roundabout idea but you don't I don't know, it doesn't translate all the way. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm can may- maybe paint that. like a massive mural and put it and put make a giant twenty cent piece and put it next to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: well, sometimes I guess if I have my animals running around whilst I'm making work, that's a good size comparison. But they're dwarves, so compare yeah. it to a dwarf rabbit. Yeah, you'll be right. You'll know what size things are.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's like um, my friends always tease me because um, I'd uh, I'd be if I'd ever if I'd ever painted like something on a wall or anything, and they'll be like, oh, I'll stand next to it. I'll take a photo of you. I'd always like slouch a bit and get a bit like slack in the knees and and and, and hunch over a little bit and make it look a bit bigger than it actually is. And they're like, Oh look at you, you know, you're making it look like it's trying to make it look like it's it's bigger. It's like, Yeah, it's part of the trick. It is.
1: It's
0: like look how big this is, it's towering over me.
1: (laughs) I did a I did a mural in Toowoomba, um, for their first coat festival Mm -hmm. and um That's the first ever. I think it was six metres wide and three metres high or something. And the photo of me next to that mural is just me kneeling down on the ground. So I look so small and that looks so big and it's awesome. Yeah. But that was a lot of work anyway. I think I did two murals in one week actually for that show, for that thing. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Where's Toowoomba? Is that...
1: Hmm... It's a long bus trip away from Brisbane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it would have been hot outdoor painting? Yeah.
1: Uh, Actually, it wasn't hot at that point. It was, I don't remember what month I went, but it was okay. Um, It gets cold at night, but I went to bed, I think, seven or eight o'clock each night and got up six in the morning. I was Hmm. so happy and so in my element as well just to get out and paint. Um, I made really good friends with this elderly man who was 91 years old he visited me every day, kept me company. Cause you're in these alleyways and it's like, there's no one really around, not small alleyways. That sounds a bit scary, but people would come and talk to you while you're painting. And
0: yeah. I saw a photo on your Instagram of a guy standing there.
1: Great. Graeme Burstow. who's a famous photographer actually. Is he? Yeah.
0: Good on him. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, um, Thanks for taking the time My pleasure. to sit down and have a chat.
1: In the Ruka storeroom. I oh,
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey. Sorry. It's a bench talk studio thing. Oh the very bench much.
1: talk studio. <laughs> in the relocation.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um while while we're here I may as well uh mention as well if you're in Melbourne, I've uh, I've got a um exhibition on at the moment at Ruka Gallery and uh, Melissa will and I will be there together and um you come and pop in and say hi. It's, uh, it's open from 11 till 4 on Friday, Saturday and Sunday up until March 12. Um, yeah, come in and say hi and uh, check out the artwork. That's good. Cool. Yeah. See ya. See ya. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you will find all previous episodes and images of the guests' artwork. Also follow us on Instagram bench underscore talk that you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast bench talks also streaming on soundcloud and facebook just simply search for bench talk podcast or you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes while you're there don't forget to rate and review it helps get the word out and if you like the podcast don't forget to tell a friend thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode bye